Hello and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 29. On this week's show, we discuss PlayStation's comments on their upcoming live service games. PlayStation VR 2 may be available at your local Walmart soon enough. And yes, we will discuss the Redfall reviews. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello, hopefully nice and louder this week. Yeah, hopefully nice and louder. We had a little little faulty audio on the last week's episode, but hopefully we got you. We're equal levels of bassiness today. Yeah, you won't have to turn your volume up and down. and that Because that's what I was doing. I was listening to it, and I was like, <laughs> you know, these two fine gentlemen sound incredible, but one is a little bit louder than the other. So hopefully this week it's a little bit different. They're like, why is the dumb one louder? I don't understand. That doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> or the dumb one quieter. Oh, no, 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 never. But never, I am never. good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a Friday, so it's not the end of the week. I do work tomorrow, but, you know, it's almost it's the illusion of the end of the week. So that's nice. Yeah, that's true. It is the illusion of it. How I about think. you? How, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm exhausted. I've been at um. <laughs> we've spoken about it on the show. So the the lore, if you may have heard, I have a kind of like we have a thing at my company called the lake house where we will go and do like trainings and work stuff, but we will sleep there. And so I'm just getting back from that. Now today, I kind of just got back in the door. So I'm a little bit tired. I'm tired because when I sleep, I run hot and I went to sleep late, but the AC in my room didn't work last night. So that was pretty brutal. And then I was just like tired the whole day, but looking forward to the rest of the week because I made sure that it was like, I went to Lake House and then now I'm off for the next week. So that'll be this weekend, you know, five day work week, and then I'll be off next weekend. So hoping to just enjoy, relax, catch up on games, stuff like that. So that's all really good. That's nice. And, you know, we all deserve a little break, especially you ramping up with work these last few weeks and months. It feels like you've been clocking in that OT like crazy. So you definitely deserve it. Catch up on some great games coming out, coming out this time of the year. But, um, uh, before we hop into what is actually going on in the games world, uh, what do you, what's going on with you and your banter for this week? So you continue to feel your age you wrote in the show notes here. Yeah. So this one's not a surprise to anyone who knows <laughs> me, my left knee. I mean, my knees in general, right? So I ran track in high school and college a little bit, but I, my knees are pretty shot, but my left knee specifically, I know that I need probably a knee brace or something. And so while I'm at Lake house, we play basketball play basketball both days which was great except my left knee feels the way i would describe it is the lower part of my left knee feels a little bit weak like i'm always a little worried that it's just gonna give out that doesn't sound healthy no i'm sure it's not i'm sure it's not but so that that would be me feeling my age pretty much it's just just that and then you know overall tired or whatever but the knee thing i'm like i don't it's not like an injury you know So it's one of those just like the stubbornness of being like, do I do anything about it? Because nothing's like broken yet. I've had that. I've had something like that happen with me with playing basketball on my Achilles, where it's like, I feel like I like didn't obviously I didn't tear my Achilles because if I I did, that's like a massive injury. But I feel like I strained it or like pulled it just a tad bit. And I was like, well, I just can't play basketball for three months. And then I was fine afterwards, you know? Mm, Yeah. Could just be a mental thing, too. It could be a mental thing. But I didn't have insurance back then, so that's why I was a little more hesitant. You have no excuse. Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) I do have insurance, and then I also have like the med card if I want to go get a brace or something. I really don't have an excuse. That's true. (laughs) So maybe in this off week, you get your shit together and fucking fix your knee. Yeah, I'll figure something out. What 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 is your banter here? So 
I, I tried a, a random man's wiener today um, while I was at work. Um, so for my job, I do. I don't. I, you know what? I don't have to describe my job. I was at a dealership for some reason, so that gives you an illusion enough of what I do. I don't work at a dealership, but I was at a dealership and I was waiting to be picked up by another coworker. And I was waiting for a while. Uh, some directions were not told to the right people. People were going to different dealerships or different locations to pick me up. So I was, you know, fucking around and just sitting at this Ford dealership, just on my phone, hanging out. And then I saw this like cart, like the, the hot dog cart, but it wasn't set up yet. That's how long I was there. And then I saw this man setting up. And I was like, damn, I was like, one of those hot dogs kind of sounds good. And then he started like cooking them. And then, you know, a bunch of people started coming up and asking. And he, he did cheese steaks. He did hot dogs. He had jumbo dogs. He had sausage. He had the whole nine yards. And then as soon as um, I got a call saying that, oh, somebody went to the wrong place. I was like, well, fuck it. I've been here for like an hour and a half. I'm going to get a hot dog because I'm hungry. And I was like, I don't want to be grumpy when I go back to work. So I get myself a big old jumbo dog. <laughs> And it cost me $7. It was a, whole, a jumbo dog and, you know, a chips and a drink. A full meal package. A stab, like, you know, legitimate business here. And then, um, yeah, I just tried his wiener. It was, it was nice, big. Important girthy. question. What? Yeah, that, that might answer my question. When you say a jumbo hot dog, are we talking length or girth here? Because you got a nice 12-inch slice down the middle hot dog. Or you might have a... <laughs> well, when I think about a, a, a thicker wiener, right? You're thinking sausage, not necessarily a hot dog. However, it, I have never had a hot dog from a stand. It, yeah, it was. It reminded me of like uh, up north, like New York, New Jersey, more in New York on the streets of New York, like the Sabat, like um, vendors. But yeah, no, a jumbo dog <laughs> is in girth. A jumbo dog is honestly the perfect package, if you will. I wish I had a jumbo dog. You know, mm, I you see. know, it, it's it's a it's like a nice. It's like. <laughs> you know yeah you're getting mesmerized by it i get it you're just on the streets of new york trying all the wiener that you could find That's Tried all the because he's like you want to like do you want a regular wiener or you want a jumbo wiener i mean come on you want that jumbo i do so like the, a slice down the middle wiener it wasn't sliced down the middle though you know i did i did bite it and then get shot with fucking grease right in my eyeballs mm, but no, it, was, it, it was a solid like you know like uh like i would say it's like under a foot so like 10 to 11 inches range nice girth definitely definitely more than one bite you know so was there any was there any hesitation in getting food from a hot dog stand um no honestly as soon as he started i knew i wanted it but then there was hesitation in me getting it because i was like anxious because i was like i don't want to get it and then the person shows up right when i'm picking when they're gonna pick me up which is exactly what fucking happened when i ordered it the person was like i'm here and i'm like well you have to wait now because this guy's Mm. serving me some wiener and then but yeah so there was hesitation only just because I don't know. I have weird social anxiety where it's like, I just don't want to talk to people sometimes. But then also other times I can't shut the fuck up. So I was in one of my introverted states and didn't really want to like talk to this guy. I just wanted him to like telepathically knew that I wanted his wiener and just to give it to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's understandable. I think, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, brave of you. Honestly, it's just random hot dog cart. I need it. I don't know. I just assume that like the food at a hot dog cart would be old stale ready to kill i was not expecting it to pass any health codes that's I, I went there with the full intentions that i'm like i may die but you know it looked good enough it was good it was good it was fucking fantastic i got it I put a, uh, they didn't so the only thing that was slacking was the fucking toppings no mustard and no mayo standalone 
already red flag. I didn't like that because I like to do mayo mustard. And then it did a little bit of relish. He didn't have sauerkraut, which is it's whatever. Mm. So the, and then he had like honey mustard. He had like weird sauce. Hey, Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm like, you just can't have fucking ketchup, mayo, mustard and um, and relish. And that's it. And he had all his extra bullshit and had honey mustard, not regular mustard. I was very upset with that. But besides that, I did a little ketchup mayo combo and then uh, sweet relish. Hmm. Now, now the condiments concerned me more than the food. The condiments did look like they could be old or past due, but you know, we prevailed. I was like, I'm already in this situation. You got to just fucking, you know, full send. Those are probably less dangerous too, even if they are bad. The condiments, yeah, because they're at least made by a company. Yeah, they're I like mean preserves. I think yeah, just because they're just the the nature of them. Like that's not a meat. It's just like tomato sauce. You're more concerned with eating bad meat than, than yes, bad sauce? Absolutely. Why is that? I feel like sauce can fuck you up with a lot of bacteria and shit. Mad, I'm bad sure, meat, you can just... Mm, I'm sure it could, but well, actually, you know, with hot dogs, that's a specific situation because they're normally cooked before, so they're really just heating it up, so that's probably not yeah. that dangerous anyway. But The cheesesteak was crazy. Now, people are trying to che- eating the cheesecake or cheesesteak. That, that did look a little wild. He did just pull out like a trough of meat and was cooking it on like the flat top. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to try that. That's crazy. And then he just has like random slices of cheese. Like, what do you want? You want American provolone mozzarella? And it's like, oh, hell no. That Mm. looked looked disgusting. And all those people that ate that are probably going to die later today. Yeah, probably. Were people did were was it just local people coming around to try it? Or did it seem like anyone made the journey? Like this guy is the the cook. He is him. He is. He was him, though. He is, nobody came out to the journey. A lot of like, he obviously is not a part of the dealership. So the dealership employees clearly knew who he was because everybody was like, hey, what's up? And then just like some people from the back would be like, give him $10 and be like, hey, when I come back in like five minutes, you know my order. Da, 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 da. So the employees look like they love him. He has, mm. you know, great, great team builder right there. And then also uh, just the people that were waiting for like, like routine maintenance. It was a dealership. So, you know, people sometimes send their cars there for oil changes. I know me and you are the last bastions of sending our actual cards to dealerships. There's some people out here who go to take five. Won't say names, but you know you know who you are. Yeah, I'm not about that. It's one of those things, again, the the stubbornness. I'm like, I just want to do it official, get it right, and then I'm good. Exactly. So it's just like a lot of people waiting for like that type of shit, tires, oil changes, and they were just getting some getting some street meat. Mm, I see. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if I'll ever be in a situation where i'll get a street hot dog really i don't think so you got the street pizza though at downtown orlando i feel like that's like the same level of like filth i think that's not street pizza i think that's disrespectful i think for the listeners we need to make sure we describe that's that that's literally a fucking hold on okay. can i do the describing you can describe it the street pizza that you're claiming comes from a pizza shop that's in a window that's not a moving cart so it's not from the street it's always there it's just on the corner of a building in a window. There's no, and you also had that pizza too, and it is good pizza. Well, I'm also heavily intoxicated every time I have that pizza, so you know we really can't judge it on its merits if it's good or not. It just it's there when you need it, you know. It's just not street pizza, is all I'm saying. It is street pizza. It's I would not. say I wouldn't say it's anything above or less than that, you know. That's like it's saying be- that's like saying the if you were to eat. I don't know, like the Jimmy John's that's in downtown. It's street sandwich. It's just in downtown. But, but it has it has restaurant. It has like tables inside. So I don't think it's for the streets. 
when you have to eat in the streets, the food is there for street food. I don't think that's true. I think it's if it's served like prepared on the street. I don't think it's if you're eating it in the street that makes it that way. Well, neither one of us are from the streets, so how what would we? <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting conversation, though. I think it's yeah, because if you're getting like some window food, I it, I mean, you could just say that's to go food. I think street food means that it has to, like it is being prepared on the street, like it's from a cart. Or even maybe it's a stand. It doesn't have to be on wheels, but it's not like in a building in a permanent location. I I see what you're saying. Your argument is sound, but I still think that's street pizza. That's fine. This is a this is the the, the basis of the show is not to just argue about that, but it is a PlayStation show. It is a PlayStation show, and we we do play PlayStation games. And uh, we're gonna let you know what we've been playing this week, Mark. So, what have you been playing? I see you've been playing one game here that's kind of shocking. Um, well, I platinum Drudge, Congrats. so Drudge is complete. That's platinum number ninety, and it was a really good platinum, really enjoyable game. The one thing I wanted to bring up here is that really close to platinuming it, I found out that they kind of announced that they're going to have like a year of post content support, which is fine, but it's one of those weird things where it's like a little $25 game. And so feels pretty complete in what it is. And the updates per quarter is I think they're doing, you can customize your boat, which is one. It's like, bullshit that it's not in the base game. I agree. One is also the the usual like, hey, photo editor is like an update. And then they're going to have a paid expansion towards the end of the year, which the paid expansion I don't really mind or care about. I just don't the need to say like, hey, we have a year of support, especially for something like this, where I'm like, I I actually did do everything like that's what the platinum is. The mm-hmm. platinum is you fished every fish. You've done every side mission. So there's nothing else to do in that sense. I don't even understand what that post year of content is for. I'm not going to hop back in to paint my boat when I've already done everything there is to do in the game. Yeah, I don't. Some of these indie games have done that in the Cult of the Lamb. I don't know if you saw they've like in the beginning of or the end of April, they released like some expansion thing that's free. I think I believe it's free, maybe Mm. paid, but similar to Drudge where it's like it's a $25 indie game. It felt really complete. It was great. The platinum is like just like Dredge do everything. I got and it's like these indie games I think are better suited as being these little individual projects. And I don't know. It just feels like a waste of money. I don't feel like this is gonna up Dredge's sales. I feel like Dredge's like word on the street, good reviews is what sells it. Extra shit is not really necessarily gonna make people want to buy it. They're gonna be like, oh, I can play Dredge for a whole fucking year. It's like no, Dredge is like a fifteen hour a 20 hour at most experience if you're trying to platinum it but really it can be beaten in probably like eight hours eight to twelve yeah i would agree a lot of your time is spent just completing everything trying to get the platinum or being a completionist but Mm -hmm. i with the paid expansion i think it's interesting but one of those it'd be fun to know from the developer's standpoint like since that expansion will be coming in a year something we've discussed a lot about recently on the show is the length of time between a game's release and the time that their expansions come out and if it comes out in a full year from now i don't know how interesting it might be interesting because it's not a game where you need to know really any story or anything like that mm-hmm. but i probably i wouldn't imagine that'll be super quick to get back into it whereas if it was like a couple months from release then i would definitely play it but i wonder if this is something that was already greenlit or because the game was successful then they were like okay now let's do a year of support 
I'm not quite sure either because it did the, the announcement for the support like it was like a month or so after the game was released and that's usually tied with like an, a release date or nowadays pre-release where it's like we have a year's worth of content so mm. it seems a little more reactionary which it's like I'd rather them take all the money they made in, from the sales of Dredge 1 and just make a Dredge 2 or just make another game I I, I would be on the lookout for whatever the studio makes next, next just because I really did enjoy Dredge mm-hmm. Black Salt Games that's the studio and to be clear with I I think that I like the idea of announcing your paid expansions or post-year content after a release, right? I like that more than if it's before, because if it's before, I feel like you're trying to upsell me already, and I don't really like that. But even after, it could even be like the week after or something like that. But I agree with what you're saying, where a month after, it feels like maybe it could be, hey, because this is successful, like we got to force some extra stuff mm-hmm. out. But I know that you haven't, necessarily like i guess finished finished it up but there's nothing about it that would demand more like the ending is like like it feels like complete yeah it's just like oh it's a cool little story like it's nothing that grand but it's just like a cool little story and then this kind of i wanted to bring up dredge for my platinum but i also wanted to bring it up for when we're talking about these post years of or post year of support and expansions i was pretty interested when i saw that lego driving game Uh, get announced with the trailer i just thought it looked fun it kind of looked like if you were to take the horizon lego expansion and just make it into maybe like a little bit more of a full game but a little bit less you know realistic and stuff Mm -hmm. and i saw that they announced battle passes up until i think mid 2024 which is ridiculous exactly which i think was today and i it's one of those things where like it, it sucks to know that that is a standard, but also really sucks when it's like this isn't a free game. Like I'm interested in it, but my first thought is like, okay, when I pay for this game now and get it, what kind of cool shit am I not gonna get because I don't want to pay for that pass? And then I thought yeah. about older games where it's like if you were to play random racing game example, if you were to play a Need for Speed game on PS2. You're going to play it. You're going to earn your cards. You're going to do whatever. But then there's probably going to be some really cool cars that it's like, hey, maybe get all these collectibles or beat this mission and get that. Mm-hmm. And when I think about having all those battle passes, all I can think of is like, why would they give you a great reward in game when they can just lock the coolest ship behind a pass? And yes, there is free rewards and there's premium Always. rewards. Always. So, so I don't know. It just, just kind of sinks. And then this also, I don't have... The Lego one, that was kind of what I had. I don't have that much to say on the other thing, but the other thing is I did see that Destiny also raised their season pass prices, which I'm not a gigantic Destiny person, but the little bit I played a couple of hours, I feel like not that long ago, maybe like <laughs> 10 or 12, and it was okay. Like, it was fun, but I don't, I, I don't really understand what Destiny players play for a really long period of time. I mean, what they lament is always that the combat's so great, but... I mean, and it's not to say that combat's not great, but I mean, I guess if you, but it's not fair because we have no idea what the fuck's going on and we're jumping mid story, but I did try to play it too. And I also was kind of like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. It's not very like uh, friendly to like newcomers. I agree. And I don't, even when I was playing it, I didn't feel like I can't get into it. Like they're barring me as a newcomer. I just felt like, yeah, I mean, this like feels good to play, but after like, a couple of hours it gets kind of boring so mm-hmm. i don't even understand what people are paying for from what i understand it's like every now and then you get a really interesting raid or a really interesting boss 
but for the most part, you're doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different drop. I think all I'm trying to say is all the season passes. I'm like, I don't understand what they're even increasing the price of. Like, what are they doing that would necessitate that? I agree. And and also, when you think about the fact that they've just been purchased by Sony, it's like, well, you don't you have like you have like a resource fund now. You're not like if, if Destiny and Bungie were still on their own and like acting as an independent like um, developer and publisher, then I would think there's justification for increasing the price because it's like, hey, we're on our own. We're trying to like, you know, gather resources to make this game as great as possible. But after you've been acquired, it's like you have a backing. You already have support. Like, you know, Bungie's not going to go under or Destiny's not going to have, you know, funding because Sony's now behind it. I agree. Financially, financially, not creatively. No, absolutely. And even because financially, I'm always thinking like, even if I'm just on the store and I'm like, if you give me $100 to spend, I'm always going to look at, okay, what new releases or just games in general are maybe on sale I'm not initially going to be like, hey, let me see what season passes or battle passes are on offer. Because I think what I'm basically trying to say is, is when games are in it for the really long haul and try to do season passes and battle passes and all that other stuff, there's going to be a large, like you're, there's going to be diminishing returns where it's like, okay, I can go over here and pay for, uh, I mean, it used to, I guess now it's like, it used to be, you can pay for a full game. And maybe a season pass, but I guess that's even becoming less and less of a thing. But it's in the season pass too. Yeah, but it just really sucks to be like, okay, well, I paid maybe sixty for this whole thing when it first released, mm-hmm. and now each season is like twenty, twenty-five a pop. Now I paid for more than what the game was even initially worth. But like, what did you get? A different colored gun. There's like maybe a new movement mechanic, but like you're not getting. And I am talking about Destiny, but I'm also kind of talking about in general, even if you want to talk about like Call of Duty, like what are you what are you really paying for every time there's a season compared to where it's like you could just have a whole new game? Yeah, but I do think Destiny is like a little bit like old school. Wow. Where it's like they are justifying they're asking for a lot of money, but they do get it. And it is kind of impressive, like like you know World of Warcraft you orig- like it's a I don't know if it's still like this but it was a subscription to play like you didn't buy World of Warcraft you bought a subscription it was like the the first like uh, actually it's the first thing that I think about when I think of like subscription services that I interacted with like early on in life was the World of Warcraft subscription was, I believe it was like like 8 to 12 dollars something like that per month you had to pay to play this game online and like destiny kind of demands that level of cash is not as frequent, but like the amounts that you have to buy in are pretty pricey because with every new expansion, the expansion and the battle pass are separate. It's not like when you buy one, you get the other. Mm-hmm. So then you're, you know, you're basically buying a new game every three to six months while playing destiny. So like when you're talking about the buy-in, like you can end up spending like $200 on it, like per destiny game. And I think my argument is like, it's definitely not worth it because no matter how much you spend, you're still just going to be running around, jumping, shooting, waiting for your (laughs) abilities to charge and dodging some like arena dangers. But that's the thing is, it's like, yeah, I don't, why would you spend that much more tonight? Like you're not getting like a fantastic story. Nobody's ever going to be like, yeah, the story you're getting in Destiny is insane. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's probably like, there's a ridiculous amount of background lore that you could make up kind of like I don't want to compare it to from because even from from you're paying for an entire game and you're getting like an entire game. 
and the lore is almost like secondary. That's like yeah. if you really if you really want to dive deep, but like the game and the mechanics enough justify the cost, which is the argument for Destiny players. They love how it feels. They love how it plays. And I mean, granted, if that uh, kudos to you, if that's what you want to spend your money on. I don't want to like, you know, shit on like what people want to spend their money on. Cause I mean, I think spending money on Fortnite skins is stupid, but plenty of people fucking love doing that. So mm-hmm. I guess it's to each their own. It just does. It, it, uh, simplifies game development because they're just following these templates. They're like, let's release a game that plays well. And then we'll release 20 to $30 expansions every six months to have like, you know, subtle income coming in. And then, We'll just keep on building this. And then in three years, we'll fucking axe all this shit. Nobody can access any of the Destiny 1 content and Mm -hmm. then make a whole new Destiny game and then, you know, run the same gamut again. They're doing it with Division and Division 2. I do think that the live service games, the biggest hindrance is that it's not just the Division, Destiny. It's when they start doing the sequels of those live service games, I think that's where they fail. And that's where you see something like Fortnite is able to stand the test of time because it's the same thing just expanding on it and it's not the same game that it was when it first released now but you can at least see like it kept it keeps its player base i bet you more than the other ones and that obviously has to do also with their licensing and all that stuff but i think once you separate people it it diminishes your like fan base yeah yeah, of course i agree and i also think it's just you're not your core when you're well it depends game by game I was going to say, it's probably tougher to have your core game be good when you're spending so much dev time on all this other like little minuscule stuff. Yeah. And then not focusing on like the big picture. So I don't know. But that 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 is what I was playing on a I was playing dredge. And then that kind of got me thinking about all that post content stuff. But on a smaller scale, I bought Live Alive or Live Alive. It's that 1994 JRPG remastered in that new style that Square is doing, which is like the 2D, 3D kind of look. Which, by the way, 2.5D is what it's called. I haven't played a game in that style, and it's fucking gorgeous. This one is. And Mm -hmm. I really like what I've played so far. I've only put in like maybe 40 minutes, but I really, really enjoy it. And in this, you have seven characters, and you can play them in any order. And I'm playing basically in chronological from time-wise. So I'm playing the prehistoric. There's prehistoric. I think there is like ancient like chinese times and then there is wild west modern day near future and far future and then there's oh, there's also a samurai one that i forgot oh okay one that's thing that's really cool is you can play them in any order and something i really like is you don't have to complete them you can play some of one and it saves and you can swap through the timelines Holy shit. so it's i i'm really really enjoying it i think that's really good i'm really happy with that purchase Definitely excited to keep playing that. And then I'm assuming the thing that Joel saw on here that he was like, what the fuck, what are you doing? Is while yeah. I was at Lake House, I can't bring my <laughs> PS5 there. And so I brought my DualSense Edge controller to do remote play from my phone. But also I'm trying to knock out the PlayStation Stars campaign. So naturally there's a campaign to just play one of the Essential Plus games of the month. And you so just gr- start that shit, you know that, right? You don't got to play it. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I still, I mean, I did like a couple races. I did like two or three. What I wanted to, I so I put it on here because I wanted to say something. I put it on here and when I went into it and I went to the career mode, which it literally just says career mode and it's, you know, completing cups, unlocking cars, that kind of stuff. I couldn't figure out how to start a race. And <laughs> I a fucking, I mean, you know, you're listening to the show. Obviously, I, I think I play a lot of games. I love racing games. 
GT7, whatever. I really, I was like, why is the race not starting? I'm just pressing X. And so I had to look it up. And I just want to make sure that this is said. Grid Legends, when you're trying to play like even campaign, their automatic setting is that when you hit start race, they're trying to find you a public lobby for that race. So if you want to play... Yes. Even in career mode? Correct. If you hit career mode and then race... It won't say, by the way, matchmaking or anything like that. It'll just show that you've picked the course and then nothing will happen. So if you actually want to do the race, you have to back out, but not just hit circle on the event. You have to hit circle all the way to the main menu. And then before you go into any of the sub menus, you have to go into settings and change the entire game to offline mode. And then you can play with computers as a regular campaign. So that makes the campaign like infinitely harder if it's all online. Or, I mean, you can just play offline because it's like it's the it's it's got two things. There's like a career mode, which is just events. And then there's like these little stories which have like cutscenes, And then you do races that are set to those cutscenes. But I was just like, I couldn't understand. I was like, why isn't this shit starting? And why okay. would I want to play that online anyway? That sounds really dumb. But what's the, the most important part? Is how does it feel? How do cars feel? Oh, they feel fine. I've played Grid Legends before. I, OK, because uh, it was a it's on EA play. So I've played it a little bit prior to it being on PlayStation Plus. I like Grid. I don't love it, okay. but I think it's like fine. Like I enjoy playing it as just another racing game, especially when we don't get that many now. Yeah. But it's not it's not the one I would mainly play. Like I would never play this over Gran Turismo, <laughs> especially because the even the I mean, I, I love Drive Club. The reason why I bring that up is because Drive Club was very simple to get in and play. Even mm-hmm. I hate when racing games are like difficult to get into. Like I think of project cars of just like I get into the menu and I'm like, this is too much shit. Like I want you can be heavy and detailed in terms of like the detail you put into your car and the simulation and how you build the car, but have simple menus. Like that's how I feel about like Gran Turismo's presentation is incredible, but there's a ton of depth there, but it's not it's not intimidating to like start playing also though i'm only playing it because it's on the plus essentials which i also think all of the essential games for this month are not the best like even even chivalry 2 i do like that game but i think it's too late for that to be a plus game like that online has definitely already run its course there probably is a boon right now of players but yeah i agree with you that's that definitely feels like a few years too late yeah and then but, the uh, other one, Descenders, I looked at it and it's like a bike. It's like a biking game. game. Yeah, but it's from three years ago. Yeah, I don't know what the what's the point of releasing live service games from three years ago on PlayStation Plus Essentials. It kind of just feels like you're just giving away trash. Because even if it somehow miraculously turns around, I don't think a publisher is going to support it like the way Final Fan or like Square supported Final Fantasy 14, where it's like it you know, save the game. I don't think that's going to happen with Def- Descenders, which I think is a Ubisoft joint or no, I, I, from what I understand, it's just like a small little indie. I don't even think it's a live service game. Oh, uh, I feel like you, I, I you might, it was. I feel like you might be thinking of like Riders Republic. Oh, that's Riders Republic is Ubisoft. Well, that's your first issue. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even the Descenders <laughs> game, I had to look it up and I was like, I don't know what this is. But even last month they did that. I don't. It was it like Tales of Iron, the like rat game. I was like, I don't, yeah. I'm not gonna play this. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it ebbs and flows. It definitely, I feel like when they have a lot of, when they know there's a lot of like good releases, or, well, I wouldn't say necessarily good because we've been having a lot of performance issue with releases as of late, but big temple releases like Dead Island 2, Star Wars, Resident Evil 4, you know, I feel like they kind of loosen up with the essential tier because it's like, yeah, you guys got plenty of shit to play. Yeah, I think that's, I think that makes sense. Although I would, I would argue that May doesn't have that. May does not have that. So Sony's just fucking up. They better have a great fucking showcase or some shit. <laughs> we'll see if yeah, if they if the July's offerings are good. And oh, again, but the May game is the is the humanity that's on extra. That's that's their that's their thing. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I know that's not essential. But I think that that's like that's their justification. They're like, well, if you want the good game this month, you gotta upgrade. I guess so. I'm not gonna go as far as to say it's good yet, just because you know what I mean. Not that it's good, but I'm just saying like it's a, a notable release. Like it's a new game. Mm-hmm. It's just a new game that was at one of their showcases. Like I don't, you know, it's what I a mean? new game in VR. Damn it! All right, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, that's true for VR. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think we'll see. And again, I just want to say it again when I, when they do these monthly PlayStation Plus, here's everything that's on offer. I would love for them to consolidate it and just be like, I don't know what's going to be on essential or, pl- or sorry, I don't know what's going to be on extra or premium this month. And I don't really like that. I like, I don't like being like, I got to wait until like it's the 20th to know what's going to be on those tiers. It is. It does feel like the way they have it set up. It's like, they're always late. Mm-hmm. Like it always feels like they're like, they're like, Oh, these are May games. And I'm like, it's fucking May 15th. Why the fuck are you telling me about this shit now? Yeah, I agree. Totally. But um, but yeah. So what I've been playing this week, I've been also playing Dredge. Love Dredge. Sing that sings its praises as well as Mark does. But then the other two games, I know one uh, is one that you've been recommending for me to play for a long time, and I was just kind of in the mood for like something that I know was going to be simple. I don't know. I'm in a simple mood right now because I'm playing Dredge, and now I'm like, oh, I like games that just you know are are games. You know, not not trying to be my fucking life. So I. Downloaded Wolfenstein Old Blood. It's on PlayStation Extra. And I started playing it, and um, this is fantastic. I love Wolfenstein. The one thing that is very annoying is that picking up your armor and health is totally, like, been programmed out of me. And so used to, like, the auto-collecting of loot, in, or not loot, but, like, those essential materials in games. So that is a little jarring, but after, like, you know, 20, 15, 20 minutes, I was like, oh, okay, I'm used to this. I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. And it plays so well. And... It's just always interesting. The w- world of Wolfenstein is so very interesting, and I like how they re like the alternate takes on history. It's just and it's like fleshed out and it's fantastical, but then it feels like it's grounded in some logic and reality. Like it, it's really good. Right before they went all the way fucking crazy with Wolfenstein too. It was also like fucking fifteen or twenty dollars at release, which is insane because this is it. It has like eight chapters, I think I looked up, and which is. A little bit less than a full game, but nowadays, you know. And it's standalone with its own platinum. That game is awesome. Which is, which is fantastic, which I would definitely do plan on getting. And I I don't know what difficult... Do I have to beat it on Uber, I'm assuming? I have no clue. So I played it and got the platinum for it in 2014 when it came out. I have not played it since then. So I don't... I only... I remember some levels from it, and I remember like specific melee weapons that I know are are, are iconic to that to that like expansion right or kind of standalone game i don't remember what the trophies are and i don't remember if any of them gave me trouble 
Well, I'm just playing it for fun the first time because I know it's a short game too. Shorter than a normal Wolfenstein, so I don't mind replaying it. I'm playing it at the second to hardest difficulty because I want a little bit of challenge, but not, not too much. I was shocked, by the way, with how much stealth it opens up with. A lot, like The whole first mission is stealth, basically. I think there will be a little bit more of that here and there because that is I think that's also what with the melee like a lot of that is some stealth missions. So that I thought that was interesting. I like it. You know, adds tension. You get to see the world in a different, you know, you slow down, you get to spend time in the environments. I think I like those moments in games like that, but um, I'm excited to keep on playing it and finish it. And then, excuse me. And then the last thing I have here that I've been playing this week, which is a big disappointment for me is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And before you get, you know, before you lose your minds, not disappointment in terms of the quality of the game, more disappointed in how well the game is running. Now, um, we are recording this on Friday, Cinco de Mayo, by the way. And I know there has been a patch released for it, but I played the game Sunday night, Monday night, I think one of those days, and to boot it up. And I was like, oh, I'm excited. Big Star Wars game. I'm you know, reluctant Star Wars fan, like to dip my toes and pick, be more choosy with what outlet, with media that I want to get involved with Star Wars. But I did play the first one, Platinum, the first one, loved the game. And I was like, oh, the second game I'm excited to play. And I started playing it. The cutscenes look great. And then once it got to the game, it feels like what you described when you were playing Evil West, where it's like the cutscenes look so, like, what you're saying is the opposite. The cutscenes look terrible and the game played better. But this is the opposite. The game, the cutscenes look great. But then once it, I had it on performance mode, and I was like, this is not 60 frames at all. Like the game, I don't know what the hell is wrong with it, but it's like, it's not broken. It's not like the worst thing, but I think it's like the lowering of standards and the fact that this is kind of acceptable. And the fact that reviewers gave this a nine, or not, IGN gave it a nine, but a lot of reviewers gave it a lot of glowing reviews. It has a, it has a high 80s Metacritic score. So it was just kind of shocking for me to play and just kind of see that it wasn't up to my, up to snuff for me. And with so many games to play right now, I was like, oh, I'm just going to put this on the back burner and wait for some updates. And now I may never get to the game because I might get into something else after I'm done with Dredge and Old Blood. Yeah, I, I it's it's so you've been talking about Evil West briefly. I think that when I mentioned it, when I start playing it, it I remember that, you know, the game goes into a standard quality setting so you're playing 30 frames so it's drying but then once you change that even that game performs really well didn't really have many problems with it maybe some clipping but uh star wars jedi survivor i've seen a lot of different videos showing that on consoles there are issues but if you're on pc it's significantly worse right and that's a conversation that comes up a lot more frequently now with a lot of games not being optimized to PC, regardless of what hardware you're running. So even if you have an extremely strong PC, it might not be able to run the game well just because it wasn't optimized to run on PCs. Whereas on consoles, it's supposed to run better, but I say supposed to, because it's not always that way, right? There are Mm going to be exceptions with it. I don't, with Star Wars, I think we talked about this last episode, but I don't understand how it came out in a half-baked stage where it didn't feel like a title that had any pressure to release quickly. Yeah, I mean, when Star Wars Jedi Survivor, whenever it chose to release, it would suck up all the oxygen in the room. There's not a game. The only game that would be bigger than it is like a Rockstar game or like a Nintendo, like maybe Zelda or Mario. But like besides that, not not many games would you know take up its oxygen well how do you how is it selling Ooh, it's selling good i think i saw a report because uh, uh, i know uh the uk is very like 
uh, transparent with their like mm-hmm. sales numbers, but it sold eighty five percent of like retail like games that were sold were Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It sold. I don't want to misquote this, but it sold. I think it sold like three million copies already mm. in like a day or so. So it's selling well, and a lot of people are buying it. And I think a lot of people are probably enjoying it because I guess if you don't, if you're not like we learned that a lot of people put it on quality mode. That's the preferred like way that most people play games. They don't really care about frame rates. They just want everything to look nice. So if you're putting it on quality mode and you don't really care, you're used to games running at 30 frames. I guess it wouldn't be that big of a deal to you, but. PC, I know it is unplayable. Yeah. But it, it is selling well in general. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing Fallen Order right now because I had never played it. And I was telling Joel, I think off mic, that even Fallen Order, the PS5 version of it, doesn't feel like it runs the best. Mm-hmm. I, again, nothing game breaking, but just the way maybe like certain things might clip in or when a cutscene loads in, the lighting is wrong or. I mean, I've died in situations where I'm just like, huh, like that didn't make sense. Or like the movement we've discussed before, like all the wall running, like it just doesn't really feel right. So I wonder if I know we discussed with EA, they they tend to force them to use similar engines. So I wonder if they just don't have like an engine that can support it correctly. But it, it's hard to know. Pay, they don't want to pay uh, Epic that Unreal fee. Yeah, it's it's hard to know, though, like what would be the issue. The only thing that we do know for sure is if you have a game that is running poorly, I understand that you can have people wait to play it. But just like Joel said, I would be very likely to be like, okay, I'll wait and then never play it. A prime example of this is Dying Light 2, which I was really excited about. And I had played Dying Light 1 all the way through up to the release of Dying Light 2 to get really hyped for it. And then it came out, didn't run well, put it down never went back to it and i don't really care to go back to it because now i'm just like it's already like an old game where there's not that much excitement around it. and like the most memorable part is that it came out broken yeah and before we before we leave uh dying light 2 let's, let's talk about a uh, dead island 2 because we did have a writer or a listener right in regarding Dead Island 2 and i also did play that this week as well a little bit single player just to fuck around with it but billion presents uh wrote i can't believe it i can't believe it but it seems as though dead island 2 is a hit as a fan of the first game i was excited to play a game promised a whole generation ago i'll just sorry i wrote these down in my handwriting it was atrocious but um he wrote um i was excited to play the first game a game that was promised a whole generation ago but he was just wondering about how we've been enjoying the game. I know we talked about it last week, but um, something that we didn't get to mention was that Dying Light did sell a million copies within its first couple of days on the market. So in most fans' eyes, and honestly, out of the three games that have released this week or these last two weeks, it's the best running game in between Jedi Survivor, Redfall, and now uh, Dead Island 2. I think Dead Island 2 is clearly the which is shocking to say a year ago if we told you these three games and we were like, oh, they're all going to be released around the same time and Dead Island 2 is going to be the most stable and the highest quality in terms of performance. You probably wouldn't believe that, but that's kind of the situation we're in. And I feel like it's the Dead Island 2 is, has a similar energy to the first one where it's a little bit of a cult classic. The people that are enjoying it are enjoying it and there is an audience. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just good. I also don't... When we were playing it, I was saying that I don't understand the... Anyone who comes out with the with the kind of just hatred of like, oh, well, 
it's just like another zombie game like we already did that there's enough zombies it's like you know i mean not that it's a direct comparison but like isn't there enough star wars you know what yeah. i mean but like but also as on, on a more generic level like you're gonna have zombies in a video game like yeah, the, you're like, gonna fight spiders and you know you're gonna fight spiders in like a dungeon you're gonna fight mm-hmm. skeletons like it's just kind of it's gonna happen but also yeah dead island is really good and it's also as we're discussing all of this post-launch shit it's really simple like when you go into mm-hmm. it it's not like hey here's this pass here's this expansion it's like you hop into it you do your missions you do your co-op it feels really good and what the main thing i want to say is i don't understand why the game looks as good as it does has no reason to look this good yeah it's insane it's, insane. it's crazy how good it looks like from a color perspective and lighting and the gore system they use is really cool in the way that you kind of you know dissect the zombies and stuff like that so i mean dead island is great and yeah it's good i don't really it's just it's just good i don't have any complaints with it so far it works you can have multiple characters saved onto multiple slots which is amazing yeah i mean i think overall it's a shocking it's a shocking product it's a shocking story it's great to see that they turned it around and made a great game i think it's it works and and especially in comparison to you know redfall and star wars jedi survivor i feel like it shines amongst them and i hopefully this results in it selling a little bit more because i do think we should be praising games that release finished and working yeah i agree it's hard because it's like you just the best way to do that is to speak with your wallet and buy it exactly but you Mm -hmm. also have to have smart consumers and that might not always be the case that's true because once some people they just see yeah, a Star Wars and they just they open up the wallets. The thing too is is that it's 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 uh it's on purchase but not playtime. I'm sure the people that are buying Dead Island are playing way more of it than the people who are buying Star Wars. Definitely, you probably can notice that even in the trophy data as well. Yeah, but that doesn't make a difference on if they do it or not do it. Also, I know we're going to discuss it more, but just seeing the the Redfall looks fucking awful. Yeah, that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely talk that because that is that was a shocker this week. Not but, even um, in a hater way, like it just looks bad. Like if it's a PlayStation game, it would still look bad. No, this is it's not even from a hater way at all. It's more of uh, honestly sympathetic. Like I feel bad for Xbox gamers. But when I say PlayStation, let it be known, I mean third party because PlayStation wouldn't release something like that. I mean PlayStation first party. If a first party game released as bad as like redfall did i feel like heads would roll it just wouldn't happen yeah which is just a great assurance to have that that is nice but um let's hop into the topics of this week the first one we got a pretty big one is a playstation studio boss insists upcoming live service games will target diverse genres and scale playstation studio boss herman hulse has discussed sony's push into live service games and insisted that the multiple games it has in development will be diverse in terms of genres and target audience. Sony Interactive Entertainment revealed last year that it is planning to have 12 live service titles in the market by its fiscal year ending in March 2026, up from three during its previous year. This marks a significant pivot from the platform holder, which is best known for its blockbuster single-player games like God of War and The Last of Us, which it says it will continue to create alongside online projects. Speaking to GameIndustry.biz, Hulse claimed that even though SIE has a significant number of live service games planned for the coming years, that does not mean they'll be modeled all on Destiny or Fortnite. 
He said, quote, we understand the competitive environment that is out there and the time investment from players that live service live services offer, Hulse said, and we want to deliver the highest quality games. There is a risk that we talk about live service in generic terms, as if it's a single genre or even a single business model. PlayStation Studios are making a variety of games that could be referred to as live service, targeting different genres, different release schedules, and at different scales. We are also creating games for different audiences, and I take confidence from our track record in creating worlds and stories that PlayStation fans love. So, Mark, how do you feel about this? I I thought this was kind of good news and kind of gives me a little bit more excitement into what we're going to be getting from these live service games from PlayStation. Doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything to you? I think it's a really good sentiment and I like the positivity, but I don't know anything until they show us. Okay. Like not even to be negative, just I like respect that. I just I respect that. I just want to see it because I don't what they are going to say I don't necessarily trust unless I see it just because he's saying different genres and that can be great, but I don't know if he really means that in like the sense of the whole style of the game or if when he says genres, does that mean like the difference between this one is like, and these are random examples, right? We, I don't, I'm not saying that these are what's going to happen, but like if he's like, Oh, this one's a Western and this one is like sci-fi, but they're like the same type of game. You know what I mean? Like, so I just don't know exactly what he means when he says different scales and different genres. So I would like to see what they're talking about. I mean, even factions, which is like, for like that's the first one running i don't even really know what like a i don't know if i was to sit down and play 10 minutes of factions i have no idea what that would be like at the moment yeah no i mean yeah that that's definitely a fair opinion to have i think they're doing i do think the one thing that's annoying about playstation is they're talking about so many projects they have so many upcoming things and it's like we just want to know but i do like the fact that he is kind of like easing our spirits and as as uh, we did have a write-in about this, uh, Medium Pit wrote, Greetings, trophy hunters. Did Hulse comments on the upcoming live service barrage we're about to receive ease your mind on the future of the system? P.S. Keep up the good work. So for me, I think it did ease my tensions a little bit. Because the fact that it's going to be... He's, I mean, obviously, like you said, this is all talk. It could be all the same bullshit. But the different genres and different scale, I think, is a good approach and that makes sense with even the studios they've been acquiring. They've been acquiring studios from smaller, you know, smaller developer developers and probably smaller visions in terms of a live service game and maybe something more simple like a fall guys or something like along those lines that could be more even of a party game, even like a, like a Mario party S kind of game. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what it is, but also I do just want to already know what it is. Like I'm tired of talking about this. And also, have we gotten to these twelve games? Like, have we like are they gonna number them? They're gonna be like this is number one of the twelve. Like I feel like they just throw these numbers out, and I'm like I feel like wasn't Destruction All Stars like like the first one, or is that does that not count because it was a failure? I don't know. I agree. It's difficult because. I don't know when they're saying it's starting. I, I would assume when they talk about it and they say of our games, I would think I would imagine what they're saying is like, hey, if if we're saying these 12 games by 26, they're saying there are 12 more. I don't think they're saying, you know, we have seven more, but some of them mm-hmm. already came out. I think, you know, part of the just marketing speeches, they would want to make it sound like we have this many more to come. Now, 
With that being said, it gets a little bit confusing in the sense of like, you know, what is a live service game? Of course, it's something that is supported. It's probably got some kind of multiplayer aspect, probably has some kind of microtransactions or passes or something like that. But Destruction All-Stars is an interesting example where I don't even know if that would be considered fully live service, but that is almost because like what you were saying, it just kind of died out. So it's like, is that what they're mm-hmm. considering to be it? I would imagine Gran Turismo is something they consider, but Gran Turismo also shouldn't be a live service, really. I mean, you can have updates for it, but it shouldn't be the way it is where it's like monetized and the economy sucks dick. Like that makes the whole game worse. I like the idea of a live service Gran Turismo. I hate the way that it's working out in practice because like you said, I feel like the the number one thing, the easiest thing to monetize in a racing game is the currency because that's all you need. You need the money to buy the cars, to upgrade the cars. And if, as soon as you can make it where it's like, you can only buy like one car after like an hour of gameplay. That's a terrible metric. Here's what I will say confidently. No game I've ever played in my entire life was better because it was live service. Not a single one. That's true. But I do think Gran Turismo had the potential to be better because it was live service, but they haven't been utilizing it in the proper way, like more tracks and more th- and more. Honestly, the same thing right now. But if it just had a better economy, no. I think it would be great. I agree. I think but I think I- I, that's true, but what I'm saying is live service inherently means that they're not going to give you that unless you're paying mm-hmm. for it. And even if you are paying for it, you're going to get a minuscule change because they have to be like, well, it's three tracks, but it's like one's reverse, one might rain. <laughs> so that's that. I think that's what I'm saying, where like they're never better because they're live service. I've never played a game that was better because it was live service. Those aspects are always a negative thing. Always. Definitely. Yeah, 1,000%. So I think even even discussing... I, I mean, of course, I just hope the games are good. I hope for the best. But it's there's always still a little stinky of like whatever they show. I want to know what it is. But I know the live service elements are always all going to be bad. They're never because mm-hmm. the positive is what you're saying, where if there was a situation where it was like this game is going to be updated and you're going to get great and significant updates and they can you can pay for them, but don't get gouged for them. I'm not saying you like can't pay for them. I understand it costs money to make these things, but if you were to add good things, make it worth the while, make it fun to like stay into it. I think it's more fun when you have good medium to large size updates rather than like, hey, we're going to have some extremely small shit all the time. Little bullshit updates every other week. And it's like, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, exactly. And then they also charge a lot for it. So I think there's definitely a right way to go about it. I think the issue is that most of the time it gets taken over with poor financial or like marketing decisions that normally make it bad there's not necessarily bad ideas that they want to do but there's always some bullshit inserted into like how can we charge for this and then that makes it just straight up not fun yeah no i i definitely see that point um another thing i was thinking about too with the genres i do hope that we just get a first person shooter out of sony i feel like we that's a genre as a as a as a publisher, they've been really lacking on and they really mm-hmm. haven't made one in like since Shadowfall. So even if it's a free to play multiplayer X defying kind of thing, like I would be excited for that just because I haven't seen Sony dip their toe in the first person shooter field in a while. I don't think PlayStation's games are going to be free to play. You don't think any of them will be? I think a few of these will be. I think we'd have I think we'd have to over see- under half. Over under half. I will you go more than half of them are free or under? I can't say half. because I don't know how many are big and how many are small. 
Okay. The ones that we do know, like there's no way factions is free. That like that's just yes. not going to happen. I agree. Twisted I agree Metal is probably going to be one of their live service games. That's not going to be free. Yeah, I agree. And so I think that of the ones that we kind of, because I mean, you know, the inside scoops. Why you, you know, hopefully why you listen <laughs> is probably either what's coming out of X Dev or what's going to be coming out of I don't know even. Like the studios that they acquire, even in general, what's it say? Anything that's for, you know what? Let me just say simple. I don't think any of them are going to be free. Okay. I'm going to say not even over under. I think none of them will be free. They'll all have an initial price. And if they are free, they would only be free because you're paying for them maybe on a service. But none of them will be actually truly free to play. Okay. I think half of them will be free. Okay. Let's let's, let's do a little, little wager. That's fine. I'll remember. Yeah, and I mean, we can say if they're saying this is between twenty three now and twenty six, then we can see. Yeah. So um. So yeah. I mean, that's that's all I have for the the free to play stuff, or not the free to play stuff, the live service games from Sony. You have anything else you want to say about Herman Holst's comments? Not really. I enjoy. Well, I say not really. I enjoy the positivity, and I want to see what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think it's more again of just a waiting. For Sony fans that were just like, all right, it's cool. Can you can you show me a trailer, please? And what stinks is again, I know we're gonna talk about it, but they don't have to say anything, especially with their competition just like not doing anything. Yeah, we will get into that. But um we got a few smaller news stories to catch up on real quick before we hop into the that meaty beefy story. Um first one here that we or another one that we're gonna talk about is uh Sony has revealed that the PlayStation VR two headset will be available at a local retailer near you. The company made the announcement on Twitter la- uh, later last week. It hasn't given an exact date to when it will be at major brick-and-mortar stores, but they will have them in stock soon. Now, how long is soon? We do not know. But um, I thought that this was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they didn't do it from the beginning because I do feel like this has hurt VR2 sales. We did cover a story where they said they weren't selling well at all. And kind of the momentum for vr2 just seems to be lacking in general like uh before the headset was released it seemed like there's a lot of positivity behind it you know big launch library seemed like playstation was in full support and then ever since launch it just kind of came out flat i feel like horizon call of the mountain definitely did not hit the way they wanted it to do you have anything yeah i think it's i think it's the same as regular base playstation they're not saying anything about what's coming yeah, like what? What are like I? So me playing the PSVR that you got, I think Resident Evil is sick. I think Gran Turismo is sick. I would love to keep playing those for myself. My urge to purchase a VR, I would say, has been very like calmed since I was able to play on yours and experience those things. Now mm-hmm. I would like to know, like, what should I be looking for in the future? I would say on a base console side, I would like to see a lot more on vr i only need to see maybe one or two games that look pretty interesting but as long as they're quiet as to what's coming yeah there's not going to be people talking about it i think that makes sense i don't think there's anything wrong with the hardware i just think the hardware is useless if you don't have something to play on it i mean that's one i completely agree with you and that's why the people that have vrs are clinging to these like humanity i'm excited to play it because i'm like it's a new I know it's a regular, that's the thing too. It's not a fully VR game, but I'm like, eh, it's playable in VR. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. But you can't build your whole, you can't expect to sell units because humanity is free to play 
mm-hmm. with your subscription service and has a VR mode. I think for myself now, what I would say is I'm still very interested in getting a VR too. I don't think I, I'm not saying they like have to do a price cut, but I don't think that I would want to pay the current asking price of 550 without something that is only on VR two that is worth playing. Mm-hmm. I think if it's like I'm playing Gran Turismo 7 and Resident Evil 8 and and Humanity and some of these other games that are really great and better on VR, I do think they're better, more enhanced. But I see that as being like, okay, I'll drop a few hundred because I'm getting a better but still familiar experience. It's almost like if you're to upgrade like, you know, an old game from PS4 to PS5, you're gonna you're like, yeah, I'm willing to give like, oh, maybe a $10 upgrade or $20 upgrade. But like, you don't want to pay fucking 70 just to play an enhanced yeah. version of something you already played. So I think that's kind of how I'm looking at it. If they have something that's killer, that's only on VR, yeah, I mean, I'll pay the full price, whatever, because I got to do it and I want to play it. But mm-hmm. without that, just for it to be enhanced, price is still a little bit too high. And then, yeah, I don't know anything about the future of it. So it's hard for there to be hype when the future is unknown for it. Yep, it's kind of just this, this the whole it doesn't seem like it's a VR two issue. It's just kind of like a PlayStation issue and it's not really an issue. It's just like, there's no real clear vision for what the future of the console and the publisher is as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. the future is obviously in the live service games, but outside of the live service, what are we getting at the VR two headset? What are we get? What games are we getting with that? What are we getting from our first parties that we like the original first party, not these newly acquired multiplayer ones, mm-hmm. but you know, like the big dogs, we don't know exactly what's going on there. So I feel like this is, a, again, the kind of a same thing we've been saying for a, a few weeks now. We're just kind of waiting and seeing. And VR2 is another wait and see. I also feel like we're in a historically... We're in a, we're in a historic dry spell where there's so many new studios and new projects being started but not being released that maybe later down the line we'll get a bunch of them. But even if we do, or even if we don't, like it's going to bottleneck. Well, and the thing is that games take so long to make. And it's like, if you spend five years making a game, I'm going to finish it in like two or three weeks, which stinks. Like, mm-hmm. I know that that is the way it is. And I also, by the way, I enjoy shorter games. So I'm not saying that that is a bad thing. I'm just saying that it stinks that it has to take them so long to craft these experiences that are quick to beat. But that being said, I don't think that would be an issue if you have a ton of developers making games. But what's happening is not that they've been making these games. It's that all these new studios are being formed right now. So maybe in like seven to eight years, we'll have a shit ton, but it's not going to happen soon. Yeah, I feel like I was seeing this a few weeks ago where I was like, it just feels like the PS like six is going to have a shit ton of new games and Mm -hmm. new IP. Because all these new studios can't be, you know, making previous IP like in terms of games, they're making new projects. A lot of these people are leaving famous developers to make new projects you would assume so i feel that i do agree with that where it's like maybe next generation we'll get more new ip i don't think that that's completely squandered for this generation yet we still don't know a lot what's going on with the first party side of things so hopefully we get a new ip there but i I, the only honestly the only one i think can really would come out with new ip this generation is santa monica I think everybody else is going to be making sequels. I think I my my vote is that they will also make another God of War. <sighs> I just don't like I that's just my it's not again it's not me saying what I I hope but I my vote is they will be make I think we're going to get Spider-Man 2, we're going to get Wolverine, we're going to get Last of Us Part 3, we're going to get Factions. 
I think we're going to get Ghost of Tsushima 2. I think we're going to get another God of War. And then we're going to get more Horizon. But I don't mm-hmm. know anything. Besides that, there's nothing that I don't like. And I guess Twisted Metal we know. Yeah. But those are all the ones I don't like. Those are all for sure. Oh, Returnal's going to be making a new IP because there's no way they're making a re- our super our house mark. They're going to be making a new IP because they're not making Returnal too. That's true. That's <laughs> that's true. And I love House Mark and I love Returnal and that is great. But I also want to see the full potential of like some of these other studios as well. They make great games, but they're not like the marquee titles. They're not like what you stand on. You know. I think it's hard to. And I was thinking about this even before I said it, but I think it's hard to define a generation just on sequels. Mm-hmm. Like I think when I think of PS3, I think of Last of Us being its swan song. When I think of PS4, I think of Ghost of Tsushima. I think of Horizon. I think of God of War. I think of the God of War. Yeah. yeah. God of War reinvented itself. Exactly. That's the thing. It reinvented itself. And so I think of all those things as a standalone. But for PS5 so far... I think about Returnal, but that's a smaller scale thing. And then, oh, for PS4, by the way, I don't want to forget. I also think of Death Stranding. But with PS5, I think of Returnal at the moment. And that is about it. That doesn't mean that Ratchet and Clank isn't fantastic or Miles Morales isn't fantastic or Ragnarok isn't absolutely stellar. Forbidden West is not stellar. But those those releases are still excellent games but i don't like just think of ps5 and like see those games on a billboard you know what i mean i'm just like those are continuations of what we've had yes i i completely agree and i think what you're saying i think sings true to the xbox issue where it's like a lot of their AAA stuff is falling flat but their side things are good like pentiment and mm-hmm. hi-fi rush and it's kind of it's not the same level here because it's not. These are still AAA games, but it's like we already know that God of War is going to be good. We already know what a Horizon game is. We already know what a Ghost of Tsushima game is. It's like the only thing they can actually really do is disappoint, as opposed to like have the same awe, same surprise the first time you play them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that I all I do want ones that I know are going to be great, but I think I just want the. Maybe the percentage, right? Maybe like the mix of them to be a little bit more risky than all of them being the super safe. These are what we're going to go with. These are the sequels that are going to sell 10 million copies and we are good here. I feel like I'm totally cool with more God of War and more Last of Us. But like Gorilla, for example, like I would want them to like maybe try something else. Like Horizon is cool and it's good. But I don't think it's good enough to be like, we need to do more of these. I understand even like from a financial standpoint, like, hey, Last of Us, God of War, fucking goat. Like you guys keep making those. I that I even for me, I, I understand that that's a hard argument. Like those are so good. And I think that's unanimous. Like I get it that you're not going to want to stop those. But maybe some of the other ones, like I don't know if you need more Horizon I think Spider-Man 2 is going to be great, but after Spider-Man 2 and I mean, I don't know what Wolverine is going to be, but like what could Insomniac do? That's maybe not just Marvel or Ratchet now. You know, I'm just I don't know. I'm just curious in like what is possible, but not all the same. I, I completely understand. I think. I think I I mean I think that's why they're purchasing so many new studios. They're hoping mm. to make something that sticks with people because they want to keep 
they know the hits are going to come from these certain developers. I do believe that I agree with you with that Gorilla kind of needs to get off Horizon. It's not hitting the same way they want it to. Even PlayStation wants it to hit a certain way, and it's like Aloy is not a character that's standing next to like Nathan Drake, Ellie, um, Kratos. Like he, she's not going to be in the pantheon of great PlayStation characters, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But like, the more you force it, the more it's like. It's like this is good. It's like it's a weird thing because like this is good, but it's like we expect great from PlayStation, so we don't want this. And if you're gonna give us good, at least give us something new and creative. I mean, be like, well, at least you tried something new. Mm-hmm. You're it's the same game, same world. I mean, I know the stories are different, and also I'm a sucker. I like to play like you know games that are similar, and I know exactly what I'm gonna go and get from. But Horizon promises to be this you know amazing narrative, and da 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 da, da and I just feel like those aspects of it are kind of just not really connecting with the audience. Yeah, I would agree. That's what I hear time and time again when I talk to new people about Horizon is they say they try it, they try to get into it, but it's hard to, like, it doesn't stick to them. It doesn't make them want to keep playing it. Yeah, and I think Gorilla, they have first-person shooter chops. Make a fucking campaign first-person shooter. Yeah, I agree, and we need we need that. That is actually something that there isn't. There isn't many options for that. Yeah, so I feel like that's perfect for them to pivot off that. But I mean, we're gonna get a third game. It's all but been confirmed. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's that's all we have for the VR two news. <laughs> that all spawned from PlayStation VR two. But the next news item here is a uh, Marvel Spider Man's remastered on PS five is now available as a standalone. Um, it's actually available now in the store. It was teased earlier this week, and now it's f- available for anybody to purchase. Uh, the price of the game is forty nine ninety nine if you do not own the PS4 version. But if you do own the PS4 version, it is a $10 upgrade. But if you do have Spider-Man um, on PS4 through PlayStation Plus, you will have to pay the full price of the $50 for the PS5 version. You cannot do the $10 upgrade. Because Sony does not love you like that. I think that's shitty. I think that's... Yeah, it is shitty, but it's also like the game's been like $10 forever. Yeah, well, wait, what do you mean? Like, the spy- like the original Spider-Man has been on sale for a hot minute. Well, has a PS4 version. Yeah, so you can get the $10 upgrade through that. If you... Like, you know you know what I'm saying? Theoretically, if PlayStation, if the PS4 version of Spider-Man is on sale for, like, 10 bucks, you could just buy that due to $10 upgrade that way as opposed to buying the standalone PS5 version for 50 You see what I'm saying? I think I see... I think I see what you're saying. Like, pay less for the PS4 version... And mm-hmm. then do the ten dollar upgrade. Yeah, but you can't if you were like if you got it on plus, you can't do mm-hmm. that. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have to buy it on sale. Yeah, but what if you have it through plus, you cannot do the ten dollar upgrade. But so do you, I? Do you see where I'm coming from? Where it's like if you were to just do your standard playing the game, and you're adding these essential games as they come, then mm-hmm. now you're locked out of trying to go back and buy a PS4 version. So you just have to pay fifty. Damn, you're right. Fuck. Yeah, that is you see what I'm saying? Because you can't purchase it. Yeah. Oh. So that's what I. That's what I'm saying. Where I think, first of all, you make an excellent observation. So if you're somebody who hasn't picked this up, definitely do PS4 version and then just get that ten dollar upgrade. Like if you were somebody who missed it when it was on Plus, or a loophole too. If you have it through Plus, look for the Game of the Year version that may be cheaper than the fifty bucks with the because you can do Maybe. you can purchase it that way and then that. 
I wonder if that's a loophole, but I just don't know because I think PlayStation can be pretty confusing with that. Like Ghost of Tsushima doesn't make any fucking oh sense, God. dude. Anytime I try to download, <laughs> so I, I mean, I bought, I, I think I bought, I think I bought the PS4 version. I mean, you probably did too. I don't know, but I think I bought the PS4 version, and I know I upgraded to the PS5 version. But the way that it was like just done was so frustrating. Of like going into the three dots when you're on the page for the game and figuring out which version I was upgrading to and whatnot um but i just think it's kind of shitty because i'm like dude i don't spider-man is i mean it's five years old like i honestly think that this should have been released um like this this uh press release should have been released with this and also be like it's coming to plus yeah i feel like that's what's missing with this it's like it's coming to playstation plus extra next month or something didn't they or was it was it my the game of the year a ps4 version is on plus no no but i was saying didn't didn't they just take Spider-Man 2018 off of Plus? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They did just take it off last month, so they could have been like, hey, I know y'all were pissed about that, but the PS5 version is available. Yeah, but now it's available for fucking $50. And it definitely will sell, and people will buy it, because, again, the IP is strong. The IP is very strong with Spider-Man. New trophy and, list. I mean, I'm not going to lo- New trophy list, and I'm excited. to. Pl- I would play a PS5 version of it, too uh to because uh, the story i honestly don't really remember much i mean i remember the final boss fight and like you know who the villains were but i don't remember like the beat to beat story i'd have to i'd have to i mean i still have to play miles morales so i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't have any drive to go back and play spider-man one i would probably play miles and then spider-man two will come out at the end of the year i just don't i don't see I don't know. I just see this and I'm like, this is odd because like, I don't know who hasn't played it yet. Yeah. And I it's cool to get a new version of a game and to go back and play it again. But again, what are you paying for at that point? Yeah. But this is just a random thing, I guess, because this is looping back to the conversation we were just having about like what we know about the future and what is our genre defining games. When the fuck do you think GTA six is going to come out? I feel like that's just going to be like they're going to do just like a hey, here's the game in six months kind of deal. Yeah. I now, can... when it comes out, uh, it's 2023 now. I'll say 2026. That feels right. That's so long. It's 13 years. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I can I mean, I mean, I can see it. Definitely has to be. I can see it. I mean, GTA 5 has made them so much fucking money. There's no need to still make a GTA 6. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's true. So it makes sense. Also, I think the shakeup with the Hauser brothers leaving has probably delayed the process of making it because just doing the creative, like basically your creative minds behind the GTA series are gone. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that threw a wrench in development. And then also now with the leaks of like the gameplay, was it last? It was last year, right? Last year during the summertime, I believe. I think so. When that came out and everybody shitted on that, um, I feel like that kind of maybe dampened their spirits and be like, well, now we have to make sure it's super, super polished and stuff like that. So they're going to be quiet about it. I think 2026. What do you think? No, I mean, I I have no idea. So 26, like, sure, it just sounds so just so late because I'm trying to think of games that could define PS5 because we're already three years in. So if we're looking at it from comparing it to like ps4 on a timeline we're already in 2016 death stranding defined ps5 for me <laughs> yeah that's the thing that's a ps4 game you know i know i'm fucking around 
So I'm just saying that's the best game I have played on my PS5. Because I'm just thinking like in totality, not just PlayStation. When I think about last generation, I think I think Red Dead Two, I think Witcher Three, I think the play Persona Five, the PlayStation game that Persona Five, the PlayStation games that we have mentioned, and then mm-hmm. that is more or less. I mean, of course, there are going to be a bunch of smaller releases, but I'm just thinking about like massive these it's going to be on the top 100 list in 10 years yeah exactly so i'm like when is rockstar going to release something but i don't know it's crazy that is crazy and it is very very crazy i mean yeah they don't have any pressure at all Mm -hmm. like 2k doesn't and 2k you know they have their good release like steady releases in terms of they have enough games that are big enough that can support them financially like they can float, and then whenever the Rockstar games release, that's when they're like, "Oh yeah, Bro, this is cashing out." Oh, this is so crazy. I just need to. I need these. I I know that we're getting there, right? We're almost. We're almost there for all these summer showcases. But I just think, yeah. I'm like, okay, 2K. Where the fuck is the Bioshock game? Like at all? Mafia Four. Where's Mafia? Where's like it's like all these things that we like know about, but like we know so little about. It's so crazy. I mean, the pandemic also did happen and probably did pause a lot of development. So I'm assuming a lot of 2022, 2023 games got delayed. So again, it does feel it just there's a there's an antsiness. You can kind of feel it in the in the air in terms of like the gaming circles. Like mm-hmm. everybody just wants to know what the fuck the future is. Yeah. All and Xbox just keeps releasing shitty ass games. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's like we want these other people to release new games that are good. Why are you keep on releasing this? IGN giving it a four is crazy. That is crazy. All right. Um, this is the we got one more news story and then we're gonna hop into the Xbox stuff. It's a quick one. It actually happened right before we started recording. Um Sony Studios Pixel Opus, best known for Concrete Genius, shutting down. Pixel Opus, the small Sony interactive owned studio best known for its work on Concrete Genius shutting down. Sony confirmed in a statement to IGN that the studio will officially shutter on June 2nd. In a tweet posted today, Pixel Pixel Opus said that quote dear friends our pixel opus adventure has come to an end as we look to new futures we wanted to say a heartfelt thank you to the millions of passionate players who have supported us in our mission to make beautiful imaginative games with heart we are so grateful um pause i don't want to you know i don't want to kick you while you're down but millions millions i was thinking the same about millions (laughs) i don't know about all that millions pixel opus if millions of people were playing your games, you wouldn't have shut down. You know, I mean, if millions of people are playing your game, you don't get shut down. So, I, I did, cap. I did notice that too. That's big cap right there. But I, I didn't want to be mean and kick them down. But that definitely millions. No, no, I thought the same thing. And I played, I, I played a, a maybe two or three hours of Concrete Genie, and it felt like I thought the art style was cool. However, it did feel like a game that because. Concrete Genie's 2019? Yes. It's right before the pandemic, so it is 2019. So Concrete Genie is 2019, but it really felt like a game that was like 2011 or 2012, and like they wanted to use PlayStation Move controllers. That's what Big it felt PS3 like. energy. Which, I, which endeared me to it at first. Minus the... It, agreed. Minus the movement stuff for me. When I started like mm-hmm. moving my controller to paint stuff i was like this isn't really for me the the graffiti and all that yeah yeah so i mean that's sad i think pixel lope is being shut down i don't think it's gonna really hurt the first party lineup i think what sony is realizing they can get these smaller titles 
with less of a risk with what they're doing with Spray or Stray last year and also um, Chia earlier this year and now with Humanity. Dude. They'll just find these indie developers, give them a quick bag, and then it's a PlayStation exclusive for a year. And it's, you know, I feel like this fills the Pixel Opus hole. It's cheaper and less of a less of a risk on their end. If the game fucking sucks, they're like, well, whatever. Who gives a shit? And that Chia game sucks ass. I also know that a lot of the things I'm saying are sounding really negative, but I then again, also, I was like, Live a Live is like, oh, so good, and Dredge is, oh, so good, but Chia sucks. And also, Stray was fine, but extremely overrated, so I'm worried about the... Humanity. I'm worried just about... I not. I guess not necessarily humanity, but the... Like... The smaller games, I'm worried about the overall quality of them. I understand that there's less risk involved, but I don't know if that necessarily means you should try less. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying where it's like PlayStation is having less of an investment in it. So therefore, the product is not going to be up to PlayStation standards. Mm. But since it's on a subscription service, the standards are already lowered. So it's just it's like that thing where we're where streaming companies are like, we just need content. Mm-hmm. So you're making an indie game. I give you five million dollars. That way you have enough money to make your next game. And then you know, when you make that next game, and you you know you're so thankful to us, you'll come back to us, and we'll be a first party. You know, for, start forming those first party relationships more organically that Sony used to do. But um, I will say Stray is a different example. Stray is actually a pretty good game, and I understand people that think it's great. Chia, on the other hand, I will say objectively, I don't understand how anyone could enjoy it. And like right off the rip, it just like. It, it doesn't it just doesn't seem like it doesn't look good it doesn't run good it doesn't feel yeah. good but it did get reviewed pretty well and i'm like is it, that makes me feel like okay just because it's on like a service we're gonna be like this is good yeah and i feel like you know that's a issue we see throughout all many forms of media we see about movies and tv shows oh, it's on a streaming all. service the gray man yeah the gray amazing. man sucks but uh, let's get into the let's get into the fun stuff. Before yeah. we do, because I know that that's going to be like r- fucking, you know, roll the sleeves up and that's going to be like the final brawl. And then we'll then it, uh, we'll close it out right before that. I just wanted to mention that the Mortal Kombat 2 movie is happening and that oh, Carl yes. Urban is in talks to play Johnny Cage, which I think sounds fucking awesome. I love Carl Urban. You might know Carl Urban from his fame in The Boys. The He's Boys. Billy Butcher. He's also Dread. Some people liked it, but so that's Carl Urban. Oh wait, he's a, he's dread. Yeah, he's dread. In that shitty ass dread movie. Yeah, exactly. That he dragged me and Matt to. I don't know if I mean when you say it like that, it's like I didn't like make the movie. <laughs> you did make. The also, movie. the other movie we saw that same night sucked dick, so I don't know if it matters. What was the other Iron movie? Man three? Oh, that was fantastic. That shit sucks that. ass. That's the worst Iron Man movie. Period. I love Iron Man. Anyway, the so Mortal Kombat, right? So he's gonna he's in talks to play Johnny Cage, which is great because now we know we haven't heard a lot about the Mortal Kombat two movie in a while, so it's good to know that it's still coming. I thought the first one was fun; it wasn't like great, but I thought it was really fun, and I just love Mortal Kombat. But it's also good to hear because if we start to hear some of that ramp up, we know that in an investor call we heard that Mortal Kombat twelve will be coming out by the end of this year. And I'm sure that they would like to have some of that news coincide with each other. And Mortal Kombat synergy is what we call it in the industry. Mortal Kombat on their official YouTube page shared a like thank you to the fans for 30 years of Mortal Kombat. So I feel like they're ramping up soon to be like, hey, here's some stuff. 
I also want to say that I saw some comments about Carl Urban being too old to play Johnny Cage. I don't think whoever's saying that is like an MK fan. Johnny Cage is a fucking old man in like the last two games. So it makes sense. And you can he also just called out news. You could just fucking Mark's an old head. He's been around. He's played. The yeah, original like Mortal you, Kombat. you can be a different age character, especially in Mortal Kombat. Like this is not like real life. Yeah. Stop being ageist. All right. As I'm getting older, stop being ageist. Yeah. So I think I think he'll be really good. I could see him being a really entertaining Johnny Cage and Johnny Cage does get old. So I think that would make sense, too. I so. Yeah, I just think that'd be... Was Johnny Cage not in the first Mortal Kombat movie? I would figure he has to be a temple character. He has to be in the movie. He's not at all. In the first movie, the only tease... That's kind of crazy. Because the... he's... Outside of what? Outside of Scorpion and Sub-Zero, isn't he like... And Raiden? I'd probably put Johnny Cage up there. Yeah. I mean, there's... I Yeah, there's characters that are like the more popular characters, but it depends whose story you're telling. And none okay. of his arcs were really... I mean, his his tease is at the end of the movie. You see a poster oh, okay. on the wall that like that mentions Johnny Cage, and you know he's gonna be in it, but he just wasn't in the first one. It's like that one X Men movie where they tease like Wolverine's gonna be back. Like if we were to say the most important characters, like if you're doing a right off the rip Mortal Kombat movie or show or anything, you need Liu Kang, you need Raiden, you need Kano. You need Scorpion and Sub-Zero, and you probably need Sonya. And I would say those are the only people you need, no questions asked. I would say Johnny Cage is more popular, though, than Kano and Sonya. Popular, but he's an extra. That's what I'm saying. Like, core to all the story plots, he's, like, really Mm -hmm. funny, and people love him. But, like, he's not needed. Because, like, Sonya represents, like, Earth. and like, But Liu Kang is, like, Earth's main defender. But Sonya represents more of like the militaristic, like defending. I think her. even I think Johnny Cage is even more popular than Liu Kang. Yeah, no, I agree. That's I, I I'm agreeing, by the way. But it's not I don't it's not they're not written based on character popularity. Yeah. They're written based on like there is like a Mortal Kombat story. So it's like they have to have these like for, for me, if we're talking about villains. I would love to see Quan Chi and Shinnok way more. But that's not mm-hmm. what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to get Shang Tsung as the villain always first. And then, like, not even, um, oh my god, how am I fucking Big Skull main guy? What? How am I forgetting his name? I don't fuck Modor. No, wow, I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy's name. Shao Kahn. Genghis Khan. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn. So you would think Shao Kahn would be like it, but it's normally Shang Tsung first, and then other villains come into the fold. Mm. But I would I mean I would easily argue Shao Kahn is like the most famous Mortal Kombat villain. I I feel like Shang Tsung, right? Is he he's like the villain most of the time? He's normally like a sub villain. Yeah, he's normally like skeevy he's like, guy. He's like a Star Scream, like the Megatron. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think this is a perfect description. So, anyway, yeah, I think I think Johnny Cage will be cool. I thought the first one was good, and I'm ready to talk about Redfall. All right, so let's get into the oppositional research before we also go in here. Let's like you know. Disclaimer, we are not we, we are not fanboys. We we're not you know we're not trying to shit on Xbox. We're just having a little fun here. It is overall shitty when games in general release that are not good, but before we go into it fully, I just want to put that disclaimer out there. We're not Sony ponies. We just play PlayStation games. Um so get to getting into it. Uh, Xbox had a disappointing week. 
with Redfall being released to awful reviews. And then this is all followed by Phil Spencer appearing on Kind of Funny Games Xbox podcast, Xcast. Spencer was humble and transparent during the podcast with a range in topics, including the ABK deal, Redfall's reviews, and Xbox in comparison to PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, I did watch the Kind of Funny Xcast in full. I, I I was actually kind of shocked at how hard they did go at him. They asked him f- serious questions, and he kind of he was just humble. He kind of ate his crow. He just took all accountability and blame. But then there was some other stuff that was leaked that um that was I, that that was um that was out there talking about how Matt Booty uh, does not have a pipeline to Zenimax Studios, which is what they acquired. That Zenimax owns Bethesda, Arcane, all those uh, that that whole um that whole like conglomerate and there's no pipeline so that this game basically they're kind of making it seem where like this game oh xbox didn't know anything about this game it flew under our radar we weren't really monitoring the development like they're trying to throw in it all on arcane being like well next time we'll make sure we're involved to make it better kind of almost throwing arcane under the bus a little bit because they're just saying that the pipeline and all that stuff, they're still two very separate companies and acquisitions take, you know, years for everything to fully merge. So that's also been being thrown out there as like kind of like a, it seems like they're kind of throwing Arcane under the bus and Xbox trying to be like, oh, this is not really like an Xbox first party game. Like we didn't, weren't involved in development. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't think that makes sense. I also think that that excuse, because it is an excuse, I think that excuse is more valid if you have a newer team. But mm-hmm. Arcane is like, I mean, Arcane is established, so it's and has released a product under your under you already. Yeah, so it's not like okay, well, we just weren't monitoring, so they didn't know what they were doing. It's like, well, they probably there's probably a number of things at play, right? It's always hard to get the full story, but I would imagine there's a couple of things happening. Number one, we know that Redfall was in development before the deal went through, and that there was a PlayStation mm-hmm. version originally planned for the game. We also know that one of the core complaints in reviews is there's a lack of life or there's not a lot of characters on like when I say characters, there's not a lot of enemies on screen and it feels very bland and plain. I don't know if I've heard this angle, but we talk about sometimes that because they have to develop for the series S, a lot of times games will sometimes games will just be like, hey, we're just not even going to release on Xbox at the moment because we can't get this to run on the series S. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the initial things we heard about Redfall is it running at 30. So they're probably already having troubles with getting it running. So they're probably having to strip it back to make sure it works for Xbox. And I I don't know, for some reason, I just don't really believe like that they didn't have a pipeline. Like, like we couldn't talk to them. If you fucking and own think- them, you're going in and you're being like, hey, no matter what, like, what are they going to do? You own them. And you're also throwing them at the end of your showcase as a big reveal. Mm-hmm. So, and then also it kind of counteracts Phil Spencer's comments on the X-Cast, which he's like, we take full responsibility in terms of like not being there for the team and stuff like that. But even then it's like kind of backhanded the way he's even taking full responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. I I just think that this was a really bad week for Xbox. This is like definitely like where you like look at it and you're just like, I have no idea what they're doing over there. Like it feels like a real lull in the fan base. Redfall. it, It seems like it's like a core issue because when phil spencer was talking about the game he's like he said that even a delay may not have helped this game like basically alluding that there's something like intrinsically wrong with the game which is then why are you publishing the game i almost feel like they're i mean what if arcane is just like damn we don't like this deal we don't really want to work with you and then they all split out anyway 
I think our I think everybody can leave Arcane Studios, mm-hmm. but they can't take the name, obviously. But yeah, that's probably what, that same thing that's happening at Playground. That's what would happen. Because I don't think there's ever a situation where you're like a delay won't help it. There's no cutscenes. That... a lot of times yeah. there, you know, there's lack of density in the environment, and there's lack of life, which is what we've heard. We've heard that when you speak to a character, they will speak to you, and it's not even in a dialogue way. They just kind of talk at you. There mm-hmm. are a ridiculous amount of items in the world for you to read, but not see like visually or anything like that, which can be pretty boring. But these are things that even for me, I'm like, well, if you delayed it, you can make cutscenes. If you delayed it, you can maybe have dialogue be added in. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Here's a good example. You know, what? all I'll say is Dead Island 2. Dead Island 2 got delayed and that game is good, right? I'm sure that there were points where it seemed like there was no saving it, but they saved it. I think it can be done and it can be. And it like, I think him saying that nothing would help it is just him being like, oh, well, it just happened. But these things don't just happen. Mm -hmm. Sony doesn't let these things just happen. Sony doesn't let a game come out like good. They're like, this shit's not coming out unless it's like great. Redfall's probably, not Redfall, Returnal's probably the most controversial Sony release in terms of quality. And that game is still pretty excellent. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, yeah, like even even that's like incredible. Like, it, but look, I'm gonna look up the Metacritic because I don't think it's in the 80s. Is what I'm saying. It's like that's the first game that kind of has that. Um, like, like every game that Sony releases, you know, is having like an 80, 85 Metacritic at the worst. Sure, I would argue that that's not even because of objective quality, though. People probably are just like, this is too hard. Fuck this game. I agree. Because I don't yeah, think... I, I agree. I think Demon's Souls, when Demon Souls initially came out, that was not getting blown. I lie, it has an 86. So even, yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's crazy. It's just, a, it, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's like, it's, it's just a great game. But I was going to say, even then, I still think it's a good thing to bring up because I know historically when Demon's Souls originally was coming out back in 2009, it wasn't getting covered by a lot of outlets because it was one of those things that it's like oh is this like hard to be hard and like people didn't really understand it yet and that happens right you're gonna get a sometimes people bring up the either like a nintendo or a playstation bias or something like that i feel like it's more of a bias with just ip that people know and are comfortable with i think a good example of this is star wars getting like nines when it's like this is i mean i can understand an eight but like a game that doesn't perform well should not be called amazing Mm -hmm. so i for kind of forgot where i was starting we're talking about we're talking about redfall quality yeah playstation wouldn't let this kind of happen exactly so you can just you can delay it and you can make the game better i think it's just a total excuse to say like there was no saving it and if we're talking about there being no i wonder so did they bring up did they bring up perfect dark or the initiative because that's one where i'm like that just i don't understand what's going on over there with that no they didn't uh, they did bring those up, but a guy did bring them up in succession. This guy named Paris, who was on the podcast, he kind of just like flat out asked him. He's like, he he lists a bunch of like first party games that for Xbox that are in development. Like, um, what's the new one with Sonya? The Hellblade, Hellblade Two. Oh yeah, they did take that. Fuck, yeah. that was good. Yeah. So yeah, he mentioned like Hellblade Two and a few other games, and he just straight up asked him like, what what about all that? And then he then Phil Spencer's like, I don't want to pimp out a showcase, but all of this and more will be on the showcase and then kind of just kind of duck that kind of ducked it with that being like, Oh, look at the showcase. He said, some of the games you mentioned will be have updates at the showcase. And he also mentioned, mentioned they're going to be talking about games that have not been 
um, announced or unannounced games. So, yeah, they did ask him, and that was his answer. He was just kind of like the showcase will answer those questions for you. Mm. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I think that I know we talked about this, too, is that this just puts immense pressure on Starfield. And then he even said which, regarding Starfield, he had comments saying that Starfield can be an 11 out of 10, but it's still not going to make people sell their PlayStations. Well, n- like that's a, that's full ankle grabbing for me. Well, also, people wouldn't sell that. I, I mean, you're not going to have people sell their other system. You just want to have them also buy yours. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely get that. But I I thought that was kind of a wild statement to say. No, I agree totally. I I, I think what I'm saying is that it, it's really wild, like what he is, what it sounds like he's expecting. Like you're, I, people are not gonna commit to you like that because one game was good. Like they might be like, hey, you know what? I need to get an Xbox now because I want to try that. But they're not gonna be like, you know what? I'm fucking done with PlayStation. They released one good game. And he and there was one point that he made that I'm like, this is it's a pretty sound point. And he's at least uh, they Xbox knows where they're coming in terms of uh, that. The reason Game Pass is such a value because they know their position. He said that they're clearly third in the console market, which at this point is not very like it's kind of just being like, yeah, duh, we mm-hmm. all we all know that. But then he also said they lost the most valuable generation because that's where everybody built their game library talking about the playstation 4 xbox one generation that that's where a lot of people have their game library and it's the first time people are buying consoles and it's not like back in the days where you have a whole new set of cartridges that work for this game and you're not bringing over your library he said basically all the people that bought ps4s have all their games there so they're just going to buy a ps5 to keep on playing all those ps4 games and that's their their way to combat that is game pass and offering tremendous value with that and basically like they're, he's basically saying they're gutting money to try to gain an audience. Nah, he's full of shit. I totally and don't believe the, that. Yeah, and then and then that's their and so he's saying all this, and I feel like this is where this is the part of the the podcast where it's like he's speaking to the CMA in England to try to make it seem like oh boohoo mm-hmm. to get the deal through, right? And also, by the way, I don't care if Xbox gets Activision at this point. I don't th- their management doesn't make me fearful in terms of like. They're not going to make any... I don't feel like they're going to purchase anybody and make their products better. You know? Yeah, I would agree. And if anything, make them worse. So that I, so then, yeah, he was talking about the ABK deal and then he was talking about like, oh, the they're, they're, a lot of it seems to be wrapped up in this cloud gaming thing and they're just kind of making up this market. They don't really know where the market's going and they think we have an advantage, but we don't. We're clearly third in the console race yada 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 we'll never be able to make oh he said we'll never be able to uh and quote out console sony or nintendo that's not how we're gonna win so i i the reason i i was like making a weird face over here is to add on to this with him talking about last generation is the generation where they built up these games that they could then play on backwards compatibility and this is the reason why we need game pass Nintendo Switch fully started out and being like, hey, you can't really play anything that you've had on any other Switch. Also, PS4 was not backwards compatible. I can understand maybe a little bit with PS4, but I think Switch is a big wrench in it being like, there's actually like much less games that are like really great on Switch than there would be playable on PlayStation. But like that shit sells like hotcakes. You just need to have high quality games i don't even think you need a high quantity of them you just need like them to just be good yeah and 
in fairness, I think the game library was more in re- regards to PlayStation 4, not Switch. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you said, the Switch had no pipeline, no backwards and no backlog of like library of games you, on Xbox one. You can play You could play a selection of 360 games and have some backwards compatibility. And you still lost a lot of those people to PlayStation just because they were currently releasing good games. It's like the I don't a lot of his argument. Here's my thing. I don't I feel like most of Phil Spencer's arguments just don't come from acknowledging that you have to make good games for people to want to play your system. What he said is that they can make as many great games as they can, but that's not what's going to make them beat beat out Sony would, and though. Nintendo. And I, and that's exactly what I felt. If I was on the podcast, I'd be like, "But why don't you try releasing great games?" And because you don't mm-hmm. know that, because you still haven't released. I know Pentiment was nice. High Fire Rush is nice. But again, it's it's these small things. It's, you need to release a AAA product. Like Redfall had to come out here and fucking hit. Mm-hmm. You had to have Starfield like needs to hit. Like if Starfield, like they put so much pressure behind Starfield that I one thousand percent believe it's going to get delayed because they just need it to be perfect at this point. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that they're coming out with these games that are like, you know, they're good, but they're not great. Like they fucking suck. Like (laughs) Halo fans have huge problems with Infinite. I know Forge is fun now, but I mean, the Infinite's been already tarnished. It's had a year of just being shitted on. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even like, hey, you know, it's like great games. It's like, no, like you're not even making like good games. Mm -hmm. You, Dude, Red, I mean, I'm not saying that like IGN is the end all be all, but like a fucking four, a four is crazy. I mean, if you saw the video, I've seen like multiple reviews, even Game Ranks, who tries to be pretty generic, mm-hmm. like nice. Like Game Ranks is like how you know everybody says IGN gives everything a seven or eight. Sure. Like Game Ranks is pretty is pretty like friendly to games. Like they don't like purposely try to be mean or shit on games, but they're like yeah, like even their video was like. Yeah, this is not a good game. Yeah. Like, do not buy this game. I watched. Um, do you watch Skill Up or do you know Skill Up? I don't watch Skill. I know Skill Up, but I did not watch it. Yeah, so he had a really good video. It's like a thirty-three minute breakdown. I also think the video is really funny, but some of the stuff he just showed was like crazy. Like, for example, it's a first-person shooter, and this is just one small example. If you want to explode a car, if you look mm-hmm. at a car and you shoot at its window, one bullet at its window, the car will catch fire and then explode. That's so dumb. That's what I'm like that level of stuff. But he was like, it's that everywhere. And I also heard the control scheme is like really horrendous for a shooter. I bet it looks because also, I don't know if you heard in the marketing leading up to it, they tried to make it like a Far Cry game and it looks like a shitty Far Cry expansion. Mm. Like even the HUD and the combat, like it just the AI. Yeah, it's just it looked it's a broken game. They legitimately released a broken game like the AI is like completely incompetent. Mm hmm. It's crazy. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's, Phil it's should just quite disappointing. Phil should try to release great games. I think that right now it sounds like they're just having a. I don't want to say they. It sounds like he is having a just losers mentality of like no matter what I do, it's not going to work, and we need help, and we have money, so these things have to go through. But even again, you look historically. I mean, I'm sure PlayStation at some point in the 360 generation could have said the same thing. They're like, fuck, what are we going to do? And what they did was they were like, all right, let's just make some bangers. And then they made the bangers and that's what did it. And that's what set them up for PS4. But it's like you don't have 
every generation with Xbox, they're losing people. Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to go there because now the issue is the game library. But the thing is that also is that you just don't want. What do you want to play? Another Gears of War game, another Halo game. Each of them, each one keeps on getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. The Gears games, I think, are not bad from what I've heard, but the Halo games definitely is a big decline. Even the Horizon games, like Forza Horizon's kind of been on a little bit of a decline. Mm. I think people like earlier ones because the monetization of four and five kind of got like a little more gross, even though they do reward a lot of cars in the game. I think it has a better monetary system than GT, in all in all honesty. But mm-hmm. but even then just, you can't really look to the future of Forza because now you know that with everybody leaving. Yeah, most of the people from Playground dipped. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just very uh, sad over there on Xbox land. And then, it's, again, we were mentioning this at the beginning of the show where it's like, that's why PlayStation doesn't have to say anything because they're just letting Microsoft choke themselves mm-hmm. or like hang themselves with their own rope. They're like, we don't even have to fucking release anything good or say anything good. Like, they just fucking are completely incompetent. It's it's incompetent at this point. It's true. And even I, I talked to some people who play on Xbox, and it's not even like a... You used to have conversations where like you might have people doing a fanboy war, but you also used to have conversations where people are just, you know, having fun shooting the shit. They're like, nah, this sucks. Dude, you talk to somebody who like mostly plays Xbox from what I've experienced lately. They're just like fucking defeated. They're like, yeah, like, (laughs) like there's not even like a fight. They're just like, yeah, dude, you're right. Like all that shit sucks. And it's like, I mean, it's just like, it's like sad to see. Yeah. And I think Xbox is leaning more into the the console wars because that drives engagement and that drives like an audience, like the negativity. Even even this Redfall like fiasco, I bet they kind of spin it some way in a positive because more people are Googling Xbox, mm-hmm. Microsoft listening into Xbox podcast this week and all that kind of stuff like that. But at the end, like if this is what people leave away. Every time there's an every time there's a Q like score ranking or spiking of your name, and it's always tied to negative things. Eventually, people are just going to assume that you only make negative products or not good products. Yeah, I agree, and then they're just going like, to forget like, about you. Period. Yeah, so it's it's it is disappointing. I I, I do miss the Xbox 360 PS3 days, where it was more of a little bit of a back and forth, and PS3 even had more of an edge to it because it was playing from uh playing from behind i don't think it's i don't like i i mean i honestly don't care if playstation does well it comparative to xbox i just like the games they make and what they play the fact that it's also doing successful is a cool like byproduct because it's like it's like kind of like sports where it's like oh cool my team's winning but it's not the same way because it's just a corporation and, and they just make products i like and i will say i would like playstation to win but i want it to be a small margin because that's exciting and yes. competition drives everyone to do better. It's even like if you're watching like a sports game, like if you're watching the basketball game last night, once Golden State got up a little bit, you're like, this isn't really, it's just boring. yeah, it's just boring. I'm like, damn, you're just going to sit down all your all-star players and that's that. It's not that mm-hmm. different with Xbox. It's like, damn, your all-star players are literally leaving. Tango Gameworks had left. Play- Playground Games and multiple people have left and are forming new studios. People from Halo are leaving and doing other things. And so it's just like, yeah, it's it's not, I mean, yeah, and I'm glad that somebody did bring up, hey, what's going on with XYZ in these games? And he's like, oh, well, you'll see them at the showcase. But like, I mean, the init- the the perfect dark game is what I'm like. That's this quadruple A bullshit that you form this whole studio. Like, I know that that's not going to be good. 
you haven't said a damn thing about it. It's not going to be good. They, yeah, Xbox came out with a lot of heat because they were spending a lot of cash, and they thought eventually that's they thought that's what Sony did, or maybe that they can come like match Sony in terms of like, oh, well, we'll spend more than them so we can make more games and better games. But it's there's a creative aspect to this that you know I, you still need, and also just the management. I also might need to find the sourcing on this because I don't want to you know completely be talking out of whack, but I I can almost swear that I was reading like a financial, you know, like one of those, it wasn't Wall Street, but I'm saying one of those kind of publications that talks about business. I feel like I was reading something about Microsoft saying how like Xbox is like one of their worst performing divisions. It has to be. Yeah, no, it totally has to be. But I'm saying like they can't, it's not like, hey, we're going to see what we can do. It's like they're not going to continue like that. Like they'll get cut. Why not? Like they're not forever. I think the only reason Microsoft keeps it around is because it's like something they can say they're better than Apple and Google at. Mm. It's like, well, we have a more successful console than you. But honestly, at this point, I would actually be interested to see if Apple got into the console space. Yeah, I mean... Even with Sony trying to mirror them mm -hmm. with their product, I think that'd be kind of interesting. Just maybe somebody else. I know Amazon's been trying to get into it. But yeah, I think the only reason that Microsoft keeps it around is that they can swing it, swing its dick in terms of being like, well, we have this better than these other technology companies that we compete. But they're with. getting. But outside of that, it would be cut. I feel they're like they're getting cucked out though. I d- oh, it's yeah, it's could. crazy that like we're gonna go and show a, a pie chart about how hard we're getting railed. And I think they're. I mean, Phil Spencer, like I said, was like doing that the whole time, and I feel like that's just because he needs to convince the CMA that PlayStation is like, just, you know, they're just so much better than us that we need this deal. Like this deal is not going to change anything. And in all honesty, I don't think the deal will change anything. I agree. Also, cause call of duty is still in the shitter right now anyway, but I just don't think also that, yeah. I mean, business is not business is not like that. It's not, it's not like, Hey, these guys are doing better. We need help. I understand that. Maybe if you're talking about like, Oh, it's literally a monopoly. But it's mm-hmm. not a monopoly at all. You're just not making yeah. a good product. Like that's it. If you just don't make a good product, you're gonna get run into the ground. Yep, I, I completely. Agree. It might be. You know, they might be able to say that kind of argument if Nintendo didn't exist. But Nintendo does exist, and they're doing fucking fine. They're doing excellent. Mm-hmm. So there's not. I, yeah, there's not a monopoly on like the games market. You're just the weakest player. Yeah, it it just feels like like they're Sega, like they're just slowly dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd even go a step further and be like Atari, Oof. because I I mean they have a few generations. I feel like Sega. I think you're being disrespectful. I think that Atari was worse than <laughs> Sega was. No, I'm serious. Because if you think about it like this, think about Atari did their thing, but then once they started to die, they were completely fucking done. They didn't have any IP that carried forward or anything like that. And I yeah. agree. I still agree that Sega, they're dying. But the reason why I say I feel like Xbox might be a little bit more similar to Atari if they do phase out is because Sega shot themselves in the foot with hardware, but they still mm-hmm. made games that like were good. Like even though like Shenmue is still good, Sonic Adventure is still good. Obviously, we can laugh and be like, no, those games suck. But like without Shenmue, you wouldn't have Yakuza. Yakuza is thriving right now. But I'm saying Atari never yeah. had games that would stand the test of time sega just did way too much fucking 
And see, that's why I think Microsoft is comparable because they have Halo. You know, the beginnings of Halo and Gears of War were very formidable for them. Yeah, but not it's, anymore. I feel like I'm saying like even Sega games are still like now, like they're still. I think Xbox would make better games if they were focused as just a publisher only. I do Maybe. think that's true because I think the console is just confusing them in terms of what they really should be doing. I think all I'm trying to say is that I don't think Sega's death was because of lack of good games. It's because they literally tried to make too much hardware where you can't have these games transfer over. So it's like, we're going to yeah. set up a launch and then you're done where I think Atari mm-hmm. did die. Cause it's like, yeah, well your games literally aren't even good. Yeah. I, so, and then the plus, yeah, I mean, Sega's going against Nintendo and then PlayStation, which both of them mm-hmm. stood their ground of like, Hey, this is our console for these years and bangers. Sega kept doing the Here's our console. And then a couple of bangers. Here's another console. Here's another console. Here's another console. And then they got wrapped. Yeah. And I mean, I think PlayStation, the reason that it's just been so successful is that they just, they came out of a scorn relationship with Nintendo. So they just wanted to like be better than Nintendo. So they, they always wanted to be the best. Mm -hmm. And that's what they have now become. Yeah. You need to have that competition. You need to have that drive. Mm hmm. But, um, that's all that's all we have for you folks at this week's episode of Go for Bronze Mark. Do you have any you know final comments, concerns? Do you have anything left to say about the Xbox situation? I'm really looking forward to all of the showcases that we're going to see this summer. I think that this summer is going to be really important for the next 4 to 5 years of gaming as a whole. I think mm-hmm. for PlayStation, for Xbox, I also think for Nintendo as we didn't really mention it on the show here. But I am one of those people that I don't really understand Tears of the Kingdom being like, like, I don't understand how that can be like really exciting. So I'm also curious what's coming out of Nintendo and then VR. I just think on a whole spectrum, this summer is going to be really important for us to see what's happening in the future for like literally all of these companies. I agree. I I completely agree. I think that this is going to be a very formidable summer. A lot of, I feel like, yeah, all three have a lot that they have to discuss. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony all have different things to adju- mm-hmm. like address. Like Nintendo has the new console rumors looming and just its future in general. Like, is this going to be a system where like the libraries are carrying over? Is it going to be a Switch, Switch 2? Microsoft on like getting their shit together and then Sony just revealing what the fuck they're actually doing. I'm also full of shit until they do. Like yeah. I like what, what I'm talking about all these different hypotheticals where it's like they're interesting to discuss about. But like at the same time, I can't say anything definitive because I have no clue what's going on. But it's not me. No one does. That's true. I mean, yeah, these new games could all be stinkers from Sony and we can be eating look like dumbasses in six months. Yeah, so I'm just really interested to see what we're going to see from showcases because now we're in May. So to me, it's officially summer now. Yeah, it's, it's starting. It's definitely going to be starting. Mm hmm. But um, that's all we have for you, folks, this week. We hope you come back and listen to us. Remember to follow us at a Gopher Bronze Pod on IG. That is where I collect the questions for the show. And also on Twitter at a Gopher Bronze Pod as well. Give us a follow there. Give us a follow at our individual accounts as well. Um, have a good, great week. We'll see you next week. See ya.